No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that after Joseph had thoroughly tested his brothers, he finally reveals who he really is. It's an emotional and tearful family reunion. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 45, right here on Simply the Bible. The 11 sons of Israel returned to Egypt after it appeared that Benjamin had stolen the prime minister's special silver cup. The truth was that Joseph had planted it in Benjamin's sack to keep his younger brother with him and to test his older brothers. Joseph told them that they could return home, but Benjamin would have to remain as a slave. At this point, Judah drew near and offered to take Benjamin's place as a slave so that Benjamin could return home to their father. Judah had genuinely changed, and so had his brothers. We pick it up in Genesis 45. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. This was a family affair, and Joseph didn't want anyone else around when he revealed himself to his brothers. Joseph knew this would be very emotional, and he wanted to keep it a private matter. Sure enough, as soon as the Egyptians left the room, Joseph wept aloud. The dam holding back 22 years of emotions broke open. The order to vacate was so unusual and Joseph's cries so loud that word of the event reached Pharaoh's household. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed in his presence. Those three words, I am Joseph, must have struck his brothers like a lightning bolt. All their guilt over selling their younger brother, combined with all their fear over what he would now do, made them speechless. Their lives were literally in Joseph's hand. Would he seek revenge? Would he make them suffer for all the evil they had brought upon him? They were tongue-tied and dismayed. The Hebrew word means to be terrified. And who could blame them? I think that many times this is the way we are before the bar of God's justice. We expect the worst because we know ourselves all too well. Will we suffer the fiery wrath of God for our sins? But we forget that God sits on a throne of grace and Jesus is our advocate. Our sins cry out for justice, but his blood cries out, paid in full. Verse 4, And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Now Joseph mentions the awful deed whom you sold into Egypt. That was it. 
That was the terrible guilt they'd been carrying for 22 years. No doubt they thought that Joseph would pronounce the sentence against them. But the first thing Joseph does is to comfort them. Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. There is not a hint of reproach, but only consolation and gracious encouragement. Do you think that Joseph always felt this way? Don't you think that there were years that he struggled with what they had done to him? Don't you think he wrestled with bitterness over being separated from his father? But Joseph had time to think. As he traced the course of his life and every circumstance that led to him becoming prime minister over all Egypt, he realized that only God could have done that. And God used everything, even the evil deeds that were done against him, to move him into this position. How could he remain bitter when God had used it all for good? Rather than scolding his brothers or taking vengeance on them, he comforts them. For God used their actions to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Now Joseph tells them what is going to happen in the future. As bad as this famine had been for the past two years, it would last five more years. There would be neither sowing nor reaping. They, their father, and their little ones could have never survived had Joseph not been there to rescue them. Verse 7, And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Knowing his present high position in Egypt and knowing the future famine, Joseph can look back and interpret the past. It wasn't his brothers who sent him to Egypt, but God who sent him ahead of his family to prepare the way and to provide for them and their families. God has worked all things together for good. Joseph now has the benefit of 2020 hindsight. May I be so bold as to make a prediction? If you trust in Jesus Christ, there will come the day when, like Joseph, you will be able to look back and trace the events of your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and realize that God used everything, even the most difficult circumstances, to get you where He wanted you to be. He really does work all things together for good for those who love Him, and are the called according to his purpose. Do you always see it when you're going through it? No way. But every now and then, God brings you to a vista, and you can look back over the landscape of your life and see that every valley was necessary to get you to this high place. Verse 9. Hurry, go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me. 
you and your children and your children's children, your flocks and your herds and all that you have, there I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Notice how quickly Joseph gives God the credit for making him Lord of all Egypt. He wants his dad to see all that the Lord has done for him. Earlier, Jacob concluded that all things were against him, but his sons would soon bring him such great news that it would seem unbelievable to him. Joseph wants to comfort and encourage his father. Joseph also wants his father by his side. He wants to take care of him in his old age. It is the privilege of children to care for their aging parents, seeing that their parents gave so much to raise them. My wife and I cared for my mom in our home for the last two years of her life, and I am so thankful for the opportunity we had to have her near us. Joseph knows that God has blessed him not only for his own personal enrichment, but also to provide well for his family. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Joseph was giving them the land of Goshen, which was an extremely fertile part of the Nile Delta. It was 900 square miles that Pharaoh himself described as the fat of the land. I think sometimes we set our sights too low. We think of what we can get by with based upon what we see or even what we feel we deserve. But God is the giver of every good and every perfect gift. Often, he has set aside the best of the land for us. He wants us not to be in poverty, but to receive his gracious gifts by faith, with thanksgiving, and with generous hearts. Verse 14, then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Nothing melts the heart more quickly than receiving forgiveness from someone we know that we have wronged. When the brothers saw that Joseph's forgiveness was complete, they wept. There was kissing and weeping and weeping and kissing times 12. And after all this, Joseph's brothers could finally speak. Now, the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this. Load your animals and depart. Go to the land of Canaan, bring your father and your households and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you will eat the fat of the land. Now you are commanded, do this, take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives, bring your father and come. Also do not be concerned about your goods for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Word carried from Joseph's house to Pharaoh's. Joseph was highly regarded, for he had saved Egypt. So now Pharaoh was pleased that his family was joining him. 
that would keep Joseph around and bring more quality people into Egypt. Pharaoh generously provides carts for Joseph's family to move all their possessions to the fat of the land. And we cannot leave this story behind without pointing out another parallel between Joseph and Jesus. Joseph's brothers rejected him the first time. They could not stand the thought of being ruled by him. But the second time that they came to Egypt, they bowed before him and accepted his place as Lord of the land. Joseph did not punish them for rejecting him the first time, but comforted them and was gracious to them. Even so, Jesus' brothers, the Jews, rejected him the first time, but when he comes again, they will receive him. The prophet Zechariah tells us, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, and they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. And one will say to him, What are these wounds between your arms? Then he will answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. When Jesus returns, he will acknowledge that he received his wounds in the house of his friends, but rather than condemning his brothers, he will comfort them. What a joyous family reunion. What a wonderful day that will be. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about their church, just go by their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. We'd love to hear from you. Now tomorrow we're going to see that Joseph sends his brothers home loaded down with goods. When they tell their father that Joseph is alive, it's a whole new day. We hope you'll join us as we continue in Genesis on Simply the Bible.